0: All right, 14, 20 in the morning for this January the 8th, 2024. Today's show is brought to you by Righteous Felon Jerky. Use promo code belly Up at RighteousFelon.com the best in craft jerky uh get yourself 15 percent off by using promo code belly up over there at belly over there righteous felon jerky remember we are part of the belly up media network go to bellyupsports.com for all their great sports articles and other great podcasts as well all over there at bellyupsports.com and thank you for everybody who makes us a part of their day each and every day whether it be in podcast form over there on the website at the 1420sportsbar.com or at, uh, on uh, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel today to uh, check out all our videos and everything else we've got going on over there. Anyways, Friday night, the wild weekend in the, in the uh, sport of uh, the National Hockey League. We'll, we'll talk about some NHL today to wrap up the weekend. We probably told, well, Dave and I will do our, our regular show tonight at uh, 7.30 uh, Mountain Standard Time. Check your local listings. A uh, live show tonight. Um, we're going to start doing it every Monday night. But anyways, we'll talk NFL tonight as that season wrapped up yesterday, ready for the playoffs. But the National Hockey League uh, had a wild weekend this weekend all started on Friday night Brendan Smith of the uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, clean hit by all accounts no it wasn't dirty at all he caught uh, he caught rookie phenom Connor Bedard with his head down a little bit look for the hockey puck and uh, Bedard broke his jaw and he's out going to miss some some time before he'll come back be wearing a, a fish bubble a whole bit but it was a clean hit by Smith no there's no getting around that uh, Bedard had his head down we'll get to that in half a second but uh, Nick Foligno, his teammate and one of his mentors, he came to the uh, the aid a couple of times for uh, for Bedard, and he took on Smith a couple of times. Uh uh, kind of went after him a little bit, and then uh, ended up, and then Smith ended up on the bottom of the pile, and then later on, Smith lined up right right with uh, Felino. They got in a scrap, battled it out, as everybody expects. That's the way the National Hockey League is. Uh, no matter if it's a clean hit or a dirty hit, you got to protect your, especially your young superstars everything like that and show that you're a teammate. I, I find it odd, but it's just the way the game is now. Uh, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just one of those things. It's just different. Uh, Smith lined up with him, and then it turns out and maybe that's one of those karma things. Uh, Foligno Broke his finger in the ensuing fight, and he's going to miss some time as well, and he'll be on the uh, the injured reserve list for a little bit. But the 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 hit on Bedard brought up a lot of comments about maybe, and this came from my brother on Saturday morning. He was a uh, we were just uh, chatting back and forth over text, and he goes, you know what? Maybe it's one of those things that maybe kids should have to play a little bit longer uh, in junior, or maybe play a year in the AHL to get used to the contact hockey, because a lot of kids they uh, the way minor hockey is done, and you whatever it's called. Uh, academy hockey whatever you want to call it high school hockey it doesn't much matter but youth hockey has gone away from uh, hitting they, they they used to be in uh, i don't even know what's called anymore u13 and U u15 now it's into u16 where you don't start any contact hockey and then there's a lot of kids that if they're not playing rep hockey or uh travel hockey whatever it might be there's no uh There's no contact at all. And so a lot of these kids, they don't learn how to hit. And the kid like Bedard, he probably hasn't uh, had to worry about getting hit for quite some time. He didn't probably play, like, I'll just go, like, what it used to be in my day and it was peewee hockey, and then into bantam hockey. Now, bantam hockey has some hitting, but only if you play at certain levels. So, Bedard only had basically two years of playing contact hockey before he went to the Regina Pats or the Western Hockey League, which, where, he, you know, the hitting's a game's a lot different now than it used to be uh, 20, 30 years ago, as we talk about a lot here, at 14, 20 in the morning. And then, David, I talked about the you other know, night. House. So, now, kids, they don't know how to take a hit, get hit. They're not uh, threatened with getting hit. They're Not that getting hit. a threat is part of the game. Hockey's a physical game, but they do. They don't know how to... um uh, I guess attack the game anymore. They don't want to play offense anymore because the the threat of getting leveled at at the blue line isn't like like it used to be. You don't have a Scott Stevens patrolling the blue line uh, like it was uh, with uh, Eric Lindros, and you remember the Paul Korea hit that, that basically uh, didn't end uh, Korea's uh, career, but it uh, definitely put a, a damper on. It. There's no getting around that. And then you you see a kid like Bedard who's only really played contact hockey for four years uh, from in, in Bantam, and then ended to two years of junior. And then all of a sudden he's f- Force for playing against men who uh, some are almost twice his age playing in the National Hockey League, so they've been around for a long time. Or well, you have guys who whose main job is to not worry about the puck as much and not worry about they're not the skilled guys or go out there. They take the body. They they can't They uh, use contact and 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 to uh, defend their defend their end of the end of the ice. And that was one of those situations where Bedard got uh, caught with his head down, and he got hit with a clean hit to the jaw, and that's it. Bingo, bango, bongo. Uh, Bedard's out for some considerable time. There's some people who are up in arms that you know that that uh, it's too bad to see a kid like that, and it, it is to see a kid that was putting up some big numbers. To 33 points, I think he's got already. He just named the his first All-Star game, so he he will probably won't play and that uh, is one of those things but you, you just think that maybe just maybe my, my brother Mike was on to something that I know people will will say you can't well you can't tell a kid uh, he can't go and make make uh, make money he can't uh, play professional hockey just because there's an age restriction well I think you kind of can because if you, if you look at it uh, from the, the the realm of the of college football, college basketball uh, and uh, the NBA into the NFL. Um yes, we we discussed that a little bit too that you uh that they 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 do that to keep kids in college and keep the college game growing, but you wouldn't have a, an 18-year-old quarterback who hasn't played contact football, hasn't played competitive uh football at at that high of a level. You wouldn't put him into a, a an NFL football game. No matter what kind of talent you think you think he has because it's a lot different playing against men compared to playing against teenage boys and everything else and having a guy who's 25 26 27 years old uh, facing off against him when you're when you're only 18 it changes the game a lot you you're, you have a different mindset you have a different uh, frame you have a, everything is a lot different so having Bedard out against these these men who are that's their job is to to the killer be killed. And they're they're playing for contracts as well. And so a kid uh, like like Bedard, it probably wouldn't hurt him to play against some lesser competition. Uh, maybe not in junior, but maybe in the minor in the minors in the AHL. So they can learn the game. They can learn that there there are some guys that are bigger, faster, stronger than you, and they don't care that your name is Connor Bedard. They they're they're there for a contract, they're there for their next contract, they're there for a paycheck, they're there they're to put um, food on, on their family's table compared to junior hockey, where a lot of kids get in awe playing against a kid, uh, with Bedard's skill set, and, and if you put or any junior player, like a lot of kids, they they get uh, they get wide eyed and everything else. They don't, they're like, "Holy cow, I'm playing! I'm playing against this guy!" And so it's a different situation there. We they, they don't know what the, what to expect and what to do. And I don't think uh, like it's I don't know if you if there is something you could do because once a kid is drafted, it is just in the NHLPA and in in the NHL's uh, um, collective bargaining agreement that a kid can come right out of junior and end up playing. I, I don't think that my brother's too far off saying that maybe, you know, a a kid who's only played contact hockey for maybe three years, uh, at a, at that level and is still developing his body. I don't think it's uh, the director of player safety. might want to look at that a little bit and say, you know what? Yeah, he's got to learn eventually, but learning the hard way might not be the right way. And having a kid like like Bedard, who's a, a slider frame, yes, he's highly skilled, obviously, but he's got a slider frame that going against a, a Brendan Smith might not be the best of decisions, right? In that situation, wasn't a freak accident? Was the okay? It wasn't a freak accident because the hit was deliberate. Like that's that's one thing, one hundred percent. The hit was completely deliberate, and I I get it, but. The uh, the the accident was the, the the way the jaw was hit and everything else that was a complete accident. It's nobody's fault. That's just the 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 contact was there. It was a clean, it Wasn't a uh, it wasn't meant to be an elbow to the head or a shoulder to the head or whatever. It was a shoulder that ended up making contact with Bedard's jaw just the way he was going down. There was no de- de- deliberate move, movement. There was no intent to injure anybody. That was just a I, I there's no such thing as an accident, but it was a freak occurrence. I guess is one way of putting it. And so I don't think that um, it's anybody. Fault, but maybe just the way the system is, and that's just how how things are with that with that situation with Bedard. And I don't think that having a kid. Uh, a- Maybe learning learning the ropes a little bit, staying in junior or going on to the AHL for a year or two or two at whatever contract you want to give him. If he signs a contract and you want to pay him and have something going out because you're going to see more and more kids. Maybe actually you might see less and less kids this happening to because the, the way uh, hockey is now in the contact of, of hockey isn't the same like it was. But you also have a situation where there are still guys that play with a little bit of grit and a little bit of sandpaper who don't mind hitting a little bit and uh, do it cleanly like Smith did the other night. There's a lot more guys who, who play the game clean. We'll get to a guy who doesn't play clean. I'm glad Bieksa called this guy out the other night on hockey night. It was actually quite impressive the way BXA, uh called out called this guy out. But it's uh, it's one of those situations I think the NHL really has to look at the, uh, the the safety of these players because you have more and more kids who don't play, and we talk about it all the time, they, they don't play at a level. of of competition that they're going to see in the national hockey league and they don't play even in junior hockey they're they're jumping into things that they have no idea what they're getting themselves into because the way the game is marketed to kids and the way the game um, parents market the game and everything else and how hitting is just up and down the ice and and it's just a non-factor anymore and all of a sudden the guy's out there throwing his body around and, and, and people don't know how to uh how to um, react to it? They don't know how to protect themselves. They don't know how to um, get up and go or avoid those those uh, risky situations. Because Bedard, in general, hasn't hasn't had to worry about getting leveled at at mid ice uh, coming across the blue line. It hasn't been a problem in his career, uh, right from probably when he was playing in out in the lower mainland of Vancouver, right on through to to junior, and then even watching the World Juniors last year, how he was able to that uh, game winning goal against the Slovaks, I think it was uh, when he di- dipsy doodled and then. And scored in overtime to, to push Canada to the gold medal game. That probably wouldn't happen in national hockey because uh, you get guys that aren't worried about the puck so much, and they're they're uh, worried about hitting you and making that contact, making that initial contact, and uh, and and uh, and the like. So it, it was uh, it was the the, uh, the injury was a freak occurrence. the uh, The intent wasn't there to hurt anybody, but it does happen. It's, you might see that happening more often, just the way the game is played. And it's too bad that it had to be. I mean, you don't you don't wish that kind of an injury on anybody, but it is too bad. for For the league and for the Chicago Blackhawks. And it was Connor Bedard who got the. The, uh, the, the, the raw end of the deal on, on that hit, and he'll be out for the foreseeable future. The next time we see him, he'll be wearing a fishbowl, <coughs> protecting that little mug of his, uh, going out there. Man, he still looks so young in comparison to a lot of those other guys. He just got that long, young look of his face, on his face uh, and everything else, but uh, it's too bad, but it's, uh, it's, it's it's not surprising. It's not surprising that Bedard got that one in the way it turned out. Uh, a guy that uh, got took, took the, uh, the brunt of something as well, as I alluded to earlier, uh, Kevin BX on hockey night. He made a uh, he made a point of calling out Nick Cousins of the Florida Panthers, basically calling him the cheapest guy in the National Hockey League. And I got to agree, Cousins has been doing a lot of nefarious things around the ice, uh, dirty hits, guys are on their knees, ramming their heads into the uh, into the boards and, and dirty and kneeing guys and just on and on, all kinds of stuff that um, – that people don't, don't pay to see in the National Hockey League. And you don't, you wonder why a guy of a cousin skill level, by all accounts, like even BX has said, he's a pretty good guy. He's a good team guy, but you wonder why a guy like would, uh, would behave like that on, on the ice, uh, like hockey, we, we alluded to it the other night, uh, me and Dave did talking about, uh, there isn't the, the, uh, the tap on the blades a lot anymore. There isn't a lot of guys who are, who are going around the ice saying, Hey man, uh, <laughs> screw around and find out and that's not really the uh, the saying anymore but I'm trying to stay away from the swearing here at 14:20 in the morning wait till the, the the night the night show to do that but you you wonder why a guy would uh, react that way and do do those kind of things cuz yeah you, hockey you, you you would think you would play more of the uh the golden rule I guess you would say and do one to as if they were you and on and on and on it goes because you wouldn't want someone ramming your head into the boards when you were uh, defenseless on, on the on your knees uh, along the ice and you wouldn't want somebody uh, ramming your head into the ice when you're already down, or someone kneeling kneeling on your back, or do whatever it might be, and and uh, having a, a cheap shot of some kind, and you wonder why a guy like Cousins would do that. And you wonder who taught taught him that, because I think that's something that's that's taught more than it's uh, than than it's inherently uh, just uh, acquired throughout your your minor hockey league, and your junior hockey, your college, wherever Cousins might have played. And you wonder why a guy would end up doing that, and you you wonder what uh, how how that could stop. Like he, he talked about Rafi Torres, and Torres was a hell of a, ho- a hell of a hockey player team guy run through a wall to win hockey games but he got suspended i think once was for 26 games and then another time another for 41 games for half a season because of, of stuff just like this and he would take uh, defenseless guys and he was very dirty and there was getting all, all those kind of things it like it was, something would just snap and tore his head uh, a lot of times like most of the time he would just play the game r- the right way and then every once in a while something would pop up into his head and he would do something completely stupid and eventually in hl player safety they said you know what you're not doing that anymore and you're not playing in the, this game anymore and you don't have the right to do that so now you don't have the right to make any money in something that uh, is your profession it probably cost Torres a million bucks or so over his career because when you're uh, suspended you don't get paid and that's just one thing that it is so you wonder when Cousins is, gonna get, is going to uh, get into his head maybe I shouldn't be doing this stuff and maybe being called out by a guy like BXA, who played a hard nosed t- type of game who was a a gritty player he didn't mind uh, you know, showing guys the, the right way to play but he was never dirty he was, he was gritty, hard nosed and he would go and play the game the right way. And uh do everything for his teammates when it when it when it came to came to be and do everything he could do to, to win a hockey game. And uh for, for him to be for him to call out uh this uh cousins, I think it was maybe well, that's the first move to get this crap out of the game. The next move might be having someone tap him on the laces And he brought it up the the other night as well. Maybe it's time to get rid of that instigator penalty because the guys like uh guys who uh hide behind the instigator penalty, uh that that was to protect those kind of guys and the the rats of the of the game and everything else. So maybe it's time for somebody to To step up and take one for the team a little bit and show this guy like a little bit of vigilante warfare. I don't think it's it's the worst thing for a guy like Cousins because nobody goes to a game, nobody goes to a game to see a cheap shot. Yeah, people like seeing fights, and anybody, anybody who says that they don't, they're lying. They're absolutely lying. But people like seeing. Big hits because it's not it's not a natural thing. P- people love seeing that kind of stuff. People love seeing the uh, the fast pace of hockey. People love seeing the hard hits, the hard clean hits. They don't like seeing this kind of crap that goes on. Nobody appreciates that, even when it's it's not on your team. It's on it's it's it's, it's or or your 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 team guy is doing that kind of stuff. Nobody likes that kind of stuff. So it's, it maybe it's time that somebody stepped up and took care of this, cousins and anybody else who who acts that way and have that vigilante because uh, the league's not going to take care of it and the, the PA is not going to take care of it. Maybe it's time for a player to just take one for the team a little bit, and maybe there'll be a a fishbowl full of money that, that gets uh, this taken care of, and the guy, guy might get a little bonus uh, at the end of the season, a, a new watch or whatever it might be. Uh, I don't want to say a bounty, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Okay. Maybe some kind of a, a way around it, because someone's going to get hurt by what he does. There's no need for that because there's no such thing as accidents. There is no such thing as an accident on the ice. The stuff that this guy does on a consistent basis, it's all planned. Yes, sometimes a body does. Turn here and there, and things do go sideways. But it all, if it's always the same guy that's doing it, it's not an accident. And it, it seems like with this cousin's guy, it's always a, it's always that kind of a, a deal. Uh, anyways, a uh, n- couple more things before we get move on to uh, birthdays, and everything else uh, brought to you by today's show is brought to you by Righteous Felon Go to uh, RighteousFelon.com and uh, use promo code BellyUp for 15% off the best in craft beef jerky. 15 different flavors out there for all craft jerky lovers or beef jerky lovers. I love a good bag of jerky, but go to RighteousFelon.com and check out uh, what they got going on. Anyways, another thing, uh, William Nylander. He got himself uh, the payday that everybody everybody knew he was going to get. Uh, he's a ruthless negotiator. Whoever him and his agent are, he did it a few years ago when he signed the uh, four-year deal, I think it was. Now he got an eight-year deal, uh, ninety-two million bucks, eleven and a half for eight years. That's one of those deals that's going to be a uh, front-end loaded with uh, bonuses to be paid out and on and on for the next couple of years for that all to happen. It's good for him. He's a good, great hockey player. He uh, he's kind of the best player on the Leafs right now he's not their least best player right now he's been playing the best for the Leafs I still think Matthews is still the cream of the crop for that Leafs team who's on a bit of a roll right now and they're, they're 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 a good hockey team and Martin Jones doing the job in net a few weeks back I was a little bit worried about what they were doing there but Jones has been the guy and I would just keep running with him no matter what but Nylander got the deal he was uh he was uh, always planning on getting he wasn't gonna waiver from anywhere from that the the situation he got now is what do you do with uh, Mitch Marner, whose contract's up at the end of next season, and also with John Tavares, uh, the, the, the the Marner one is interesting because he's not really um, liked a whole bunch by the Toronto media. I think there's something to do with his dad. He's not really liked by the the fan base in general. I think there's a a little bit of disdain. I don't. I I kind of get it just with what I read about him and his father. And uh, but you just seem like Marner's like such a good player that uh, he kind of um, takes the brunt of things, and he's a local Toronto kid. But there, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's one of those things. Everybody expects Martin to maybe do a little bit more. He would never got that big contract anywhere else, so he, he shouldn't expect to get another one of that size, of that magnitude, I wouldn't think. And it's, you know what, I think this uh, this playoff's going to kind of show that the Leafs might, if they don't do something, this playoff by winning a couple of rounds, not just one, but they got to win a couple of rounds for Martin to, to get any kind of payday. I think that uh, Tavares knows he's not getting that kind of a deal. I think he knows he's not getting another four or five year, $11 million contract. He's probably like more about a four or $5 million contract uh, per year over three years. Now it'll probably be at the end of his career and he'll he'll stay in Toronto. So they can probably underpay him. He isn't going to go anywhere else. He'll, he signed in Toronto for the, the, for, for, for a reason. He left, left, left Long Island, as you remember, and he was, he was going to sign in Toronto. So it's another contract that didn't have to get to the heights that it did, but that's just what the the Leafs do. And the Leafs have a bit of a problem here. They've hitched their wagons to these guys, Mark, Matthews, Tavares, and uh, and uh, a Nylander for such a long time. They really can't move away from these guys uh, until maybe after next season and say, "Okay, well, this hasn't worked. We got to move on." And now that they've uh, basically made. Uh, uh, Nylander, their their centerpiece for for a long time to come. It's with that the size of that contract, you got to think that uh, maybe that's just like okay, if we don't do something uh, this season with uh, with Marner and Tavares, it might be time to move on with from them. But you'll, we'll see how that's all going to play out. They got a good hockey team there. Let's not kid ourselves. I know there's a lot of leaf painters right across the land and uh, both the United States and in Canada. But you, uh, he's uh, he's, a, he's a really good player, and you got to think that he's going to uh, do some damage, and he's going to be one of those guys. uh yeah, he's going to be a difference maker for some time to come coming. Is he the centerpiece? I don't know. But he has. he's never uh, really done anything wrong throughout his career. Does he play a little bit, uh, it looks like he's a little bit lazy? Yeah, but then that's just who he is and his uh, personality. Those guys from Sweden tend to do that. The only guy that played with a lot of grit from Sweden was Peter Forsberg. The rest of them kind of just, they, they're very methodical and they, they play the game. Uh, hard but they're not dirty everything else so it's really interesting to see how that's all going to play out for the Leafs and uh, lastly but not least uh, if anybody would have said on the, the eighth day of January that they had the uh, Winnipeg Jets to be in first overall in the National Hockey League you got to go out and buy uh, a lottery ticket and, and everything else because you are a uh, you're a soothsayer, you're a prognosticator, because this time last year, there was trouble in, in Winnipeg. And then right now, the, when the, before the season started, when you had Blake Wheeler getting bought out, who's been a long-time Winnipeg Jet, and Pierre-Luc Dubois getting traded, uh, you had to think, geez, this team's not going to be very good. And then before the season started, Shifley and uh, Mark Shifley and, and Connor Hellebuck were on that rumored to be on their way out. But out of nowhere, they both got long-term deals with for big, big dough. Uh, and all of a sudden, the the Leafs, the, the, uh, the Jets have turned around. And they're right now in first place in the National Hockey League. They got 56 points in 39 games. It's winners of six in a row. I think 13 out of 14 they've won. It's funny that their they're one loss in that entire time is to the San Jose Sharks. who are absolutely, absolutely atrocious. That's a bad hockey team. And they're, they're all... On purpose or they're, they're're they're, they're, they're tanking a little bit but it's one of those things it's it happens throughout the league but yeah that that Jets team is something else Hellebuck has been playing really really well for them I thought they were going to move away from those two guys because they were both a little bit disheartened in the offseason that they were been there for so long and I think both most Jets fans because they're, they're you remember their fan base they weren't getting big crowds to their games at all and so it's one of those things that they you start winning people start start showing up. it's, it's weird how that works right uh, but hellebuck's been great shifley has been great and that team is just playing playing their asses off, win a lot of hockey games, and you just wonder where 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 it's going to go. Are they a cup contender? We, if Hellebuck can keep playing well, uh, show me a good goal, show you a good coach every time, right? And uh, they have uh, they have a, sh- a shot at doing some damage in the Western Conference. And how about the, those Calgary Flames yesterday losing to the Bedardless Chicago Blackhawks? Those are games you have to win. Like those are games that you, you, you look back on if you miss the playoffs and you're out by two three points here or there. You're like, geez, that's a tough one. That's really tough. And uh, look at the Oilers winning a set of seven. Again, they're flying once again. So, uh, National Hockey League's full, full blast here. We'll get into the maybe a little more of the East Conference, uh, later on in the week. But, uh, anyways, that's it for the, the hockey talk for today. Thank everybody very much for, for listening to the podcast today. And uh, make sure you guys go to righteousfelon.com and check out all of their great uh, beef jerky products. And here is a little, uh, little commercial that I produced to make sure you go over watch on YouTube. But make sure you go up uh, to righteousfelon.com and save yourself 15% by using promo code Belly Up at righteousfelon.com. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky is the official jerky of Belly Up Sports. For over a decade, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky has led the American meat snack revolution by concocting delicious, adventurous U.S. sourced jerky recipes for uncompromising carnivores across the country. With 15 different flavors to choose from, Righteous Felon has all jerky lovers covered and by using promo code BELLYUP, you will get 15% off your purchase at RighteousFelon.com Do your taste buds a favor today and rip into a bag of Righteous Felon Jerky. There it is. Righteous Felon Jerky. Make sure you guys go check that out. I think it's for sale in some Costco's and stuff right in the, in the States as well. So, but, uh, get it from, get it from righteous and save yourself 15% on your purchase there. And they'll ship it right to your, right to your door and you'll get something. Uh, let's get to, uh, on this day brought to you by SeatGeek.com. The SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. Let's hear it is. Uh, on this day in 2000, the Tennessee Titans defeated the Buffalo Bills 22-16 in the AFC wildcard game as Kevin Dyson scored on a lateral from the late Frank check on a play that has become known as a Music City Miracle. Dyson's touchdown came on the ensuing kickoff after Buffalo took a 16-15 lead off the foot of Bills kicker Steve Christie with 16 seconds remaining in the game. Uh, the home run throwback played as it was named in the Tennessee playbook was originally meant to be caught by uh, kick returner Derek man but as he was uh out for, for with an injury uh, Anthony Dorsett was next up but he was also out due to cramps that left Dyson to be the uh the target for Wycheck Wycheck's pass to Dyson ended up being a 75 yard touchdown play that had to be reviewed for several minutes before replay officials had to rule that the pass was accidental. lateral. The call was upheld and the Titans won the game and eventually moved on to the Super Bowl where they lost 23-16 to the St. Louis Rams. I remember exactly where I was watching that one in a friend's house in Fort McLeod, Alberta, watching that. And I didn't think it was going to be upheld. I thought they were going to overturn that call because it was so close. Remember that? That Y-Check play in the the Music City Miracle all those years ago. It's already at 24 years ago. Jeez, where's time fly? Unbelievable. But uh, yeah, it was a great, great play. A great moment in football history, actually. And I, I actually Thought that was one of those things that, uh, like I know, I know that the Rams had that uh, greatest show on turf and everything else. But that, uh, that after that play, the Music City Miracle, I thought that maybe the uh, Tennessee Titans were going to go on because sometimes you have those plays that, that the, the momentum takes you on, especially in the playoffs, to another win, another win, another win. And that's it for today's show. Uh, thank you very much, to everybody who's listened, and make sure you subscribe our YouTube channel today. Uh, Dave and I are back at tonight to uh, recap probably talk about the uh the montana grizzlies lost yesterday to uh send those uh South Dakota State and then we'll talk about the end of the NFL season. We'll have our three F's as always is live tonight on the Belly Up YouTube channel and our, our YouTube channel as well so if you want to check that out 7.30 Mountain Standard Time, 9.30 Eastern and then uh, yeah so that's what we got going on and thank you very much for listening to our show today. Uh, also uh, Wednesday uh, we have Eric Katz, uh, writer for Belly Up Sports, we'll talk about the Yankees and their offseason and how that's going so far and everything else. It's I find it, the Marcus Stroman rumors uh, he wants to play for the Yankees and they, they, they basically went thanks but no thanks Exia, uh, they didn't. Uh, they're they're not returning his calls. It's uh, poetic justice. I'm i have never been a Strowman guy. Anyways, that's it for fourteen twenty in the morning. Thank you very much for listening. And Remember, it doesn't matter where you are; it's who you are with. Have a great day, folks. We'll talk to you tonight. You just listened to fourteen twenty Sports Bar podcast four beer, the sports talk, and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.